0: How's my Rubric family today? Hope all of you are doing fine. And, you know, we're like June 28th, 2020. And, you know, like the weekend always brings the best interviews, the best content possible. And right now we have the honor, the pleasure to have a professional wrestling referee radio host. He has his own show also. So he does it all. Is I have the pleasure to have from Hickson, Tennessee, Patrick Young. How you doing, Patrick? Going on, brother. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty uh, excited to have you. And we're going to be talking about, of course, the sport that we love, the stuff that we like to talk about, and that is professional wrestling. So, Patrick, uh, what, before we start, like I know you have a show tonight. So how do you feel? Yeah. How do you feel to be back? How do you feel about wrestling finally being back? Like we're we getting our sport back. So how do you feel about that?
1: I'm excited. I'm excited. We, uh, we do a little show in Somerville, Georgia right now. It's a little indie show training kids and getting things up and going and so it's it's nice man we're able we're at six thousand feet and so in the state of georgia you can have i think it's like five or six people per foot so that way if we separate the chairs out then we're able to have somewhat of a a decent show so things are opening back up in wrestling things are especially in the indie scene not necessarily wwe because they've had to cancel tapings and stuff but yeah it's it's slowly getting back to the way it was.
0: That's awesome. And, you know, as long as people, like, take the right, the precautions, as long as they're careful, as long as, like, they keep yeah. their distance, you know, we can have a wrestling back because, of course, all of us have been missing that big time. And now that, like you're, like, you're a referee, so walk me through, like, how did that, well, how did, like, the first exposure with wrestling came about? How did you fall in love with this sport?
1: So I'm from Chattanooga, Hickson, and uh that's where t- uh Terry Bam Bam Gordy from the Fabulous Freebirds is from. And so I was always being having run-ins with him and seeing him he was working out at the YMCA where I would go and hang out as a kid and he was just always around. We'd have uh Smoky Mountain Wrestling come down and he would end up being booked on that show, you know, here in Chattanooga. And, and it was really cool, man. For me, Smoky Mountain Wrestling was a part of my childhood. It's a very close part of me. It's what got me into wrestling. So, you know, I love Jim Cornette, and I ended up getting to work multiple matches with Jim Cornette. And so, yeah, he's a great guy. Smoky Mountain Wrestling is is a very personal part of my history. But I do enjoy, you know, world-class. I'm a very old-school type guy, and that's just me. I love the history of professional wrestling. I love the golden age of wrestling. I love the 60s and 70s. So, yeah, no, Terry Gordy basically, you know, walking up and meeting him numerous times. That's what got it going for me.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I know her daughter actually wrestles too, right, Miranda? Yes, I think. yes, Miranda, yeah, does. Yes. Yeah, she's she she's like she's a really good wrestler too. So that's that's really great to see that, like how like the you know the wrestling bug is still in the family. So that's a, that's extremely great. So like when you grew up watching it, like did you have a, like a personal favorite, like you know from the Attitude Era or like any era in particular? Were like who will who will be like your favorite wrestler from that time?
1: Uh, like you were Rick growing Flier. up. Rick, Rick Flair. The Boy. way that. He- the way he carried himself, the way he was over the top—it just, you know, from the NWA to WCW, you're a kid and you're watching Ric Flair drop elbows on a jacket in the middle of the ring. That just, for me, that stood out as like, holy shit, this is pretty cool. So. Oh yeah, no, I, I, I love Yeah, no, Ric Flair was it.
0: Man. Yeah, Ric Flair was it for me, man oh yeah like that's awesome yeah you know the nature boy like the stuff that he did outside of our actual fight that was really great you know and that's how you fell in love with the character yeah uh, yeah so like you love professional wrestling of course so then how did you decide to become a referee though how how did that came about tell me the story
1: well i i knew from a very young age that it's what i wanted to do and you can ask my parents. You can ask anybody. Here it is. I'm six and seven years old, and I was just like, "This is what I'm. This is what I'm going to do." And no matter beat downs. You know, a lot of people were like, "Oh, that's stupid. You, you know, don't do it. That's a waste of time." Just that kind of stuff? It. it you always have to overcome that kind of of setback mm-hmm. from or just putting you down. But no, it's a new then. From a very young age, I was like, man, this, I've got to do this. And I've done some wrestling. I've... It always stood out for me. A lot of the older guys, you know, Earl Heckner, uh, referee Tommy Young from NWA, that just stood out for me. And I knew then I kind of liked that third man mentality in the ring. Because you can tell so much that a referee added to a match that people didn't realize. And you start breaking down a match and you start seeing that. And so the psychology part of it, I really, it just stood out to me as referee type mentality. And so I broke into the business around 16, 17 years old and I just showed up basically. There wasn't a lot of training or anything like that. It's just like, hey, he's here, you know, here's a shirt, go in there and do your thing. And so my very first match, you know, I'm in jeans and tennis shoes and a referee shirt. So that's just, that was my first night into
0: wrestling. Were you, like, were you scared or, like, and, for example, did you know what to do? Meaning, for example, like, did you know how, like, uh, like what, like, the finish was and stuff like that? Or, like, or you just learning in the fly?
1: No, I knew the finish that would give me, you know, and then you have a couple of the old school guys that taught me really quickly, you know, don't pull your three. Don't, and that's the biggest thing, you know, when I'm training young kids nowadays. Don't pull that three. If they don't kick out, that's their problem. That's, you know, that's not our problem. And so that's that's a major part. And so you would have those older guys, it's like, nah, you know, we got this. Don't worry about it. You just count and and we'll go from there. And so, yeah, there was a couple of finishes that were on the fly. And that helped train me as well because, you know, they would get into it a little too much and I'd have to call for a DQ or I'd have to call for – you know, because you are in charge, you're the referee, you're in charge of the match, and so then when you have to call for that DQ or whatever, you get to the back, well, what the hell, and it's like, well, you know, I had to do what I had to do, so.
0: Exactly, yeah, yeah, and I can, I can see, like, you kind of develop our own personality, your own personality as a referee, right, what do you like to be, like, you're just, like, neutral, or do you like to kind of, like, help out, you're a little heelish, or what, what's, like, what's Patrick Young's, like, personality? As a ref I love
1: I love to work kind of on the hillish side of it because that's the thing about a referee. A referee works heel without being a heel. You know, in tag matches or whatever, you're you know, oh man, I didn't see him, you know, do the false tag or I didn't see him swap out or hey, wait a minute now, I didn't see them, you know, choking each other behind my back. And so yeah, that's just really cool. You as a referee you're working heel without being a heel. And I thought that was That's awesome. That's
0: absolutely amazing. So, like, now, and, like, so what would you say, like, has been, like, your your toughest call? Like, work me through a match that you had to have, like, your toughest call.
1: I was involved in a match one time, and a young kid, he toe-kicked a veteran right in the throat. And the veteran got a little overheated and got on top of him and just started just forearming him for, I mean, um, I'm seeing this team, you know, this teenage kid, his head is just bouncing back and forth. And then he just flat out choked him out. And cause I don't know if he just blacked out or what, but the veteran, he got pretty, you know, ticked off and just choked him out completely. And to where I had to pull him off of him and just be like, dude, okay, it's over. You
0: gotta, you know, and that, it just went awry
1: basically
0: so wow yeah like that's like <laughs> that's the kind of stuff you gotta react on the fly right and be like okay right. yeah and you got to show your personality so i saw for yeah. example like see you had to referee uh tommy dreamer and stevie stevie richard so that was pretty cool how did that feel for yeah. you
1: yeah it was awesome i will uh i'll send you the link later on to the match it was great i enjoyed that as a uh you know as the teenager side of me ecw stood out and so that was a dream come true to be a part of of a match, especially with two legendary wrestlers like that. And then, you know, I've gone on to to become, you know, really close with Tommy Dreamer, who's you know working for DDP Yoga, and he's just two hours down the road from me. And or I mean, uh, Stevie Richards, my bad, sorry, Stevie Richards, who's just you know he's working for DDP Yoga, and he's two hours down the road from me, and. You know, and Dreamer's doing a house of hardcore, and so I'm always, you know, in talks with hopefully him, but you know, sometime in near future. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's doors have opened up to me that you know I've been very fortunate thus far to be a part of, and it's great for me as a as a you know teenager to be living that room.
0: Oh, yeah. You know, like I would really think that like it's such a dream come true to like, for example, you're going to be refereeing these two guys that you probably watch on TV. So I was like, OK, like it's like it's yeah. kind of like it hits home when you're like, OK, it's probably, probably doing something right. And that's, you know, that's the kind of stuff. For example, uh, what, what is your dream match? Something that you would like to like referee? If you could pick two guys it's like, hey, I would love to be the referee for this match.
1: Um, if it's anybody in today's mentality, I would love to be a part of seeing a Nick Aldis NWA title match. I think that would be because, because for me, the NWA is the end all be all. I was, like I said, I was born Southern wrestling. So NWA, we were NWA household and that, that's just it for me, you know, and it doesn't have to be Nick Aldis, but right now I think he's carrying that title with the, the utmost respect a lot more than anybody else has since Ric Flair.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. And you have that title right behind you. The NWA, yeah. Yeah. I, I will like I I'll say that. Like it's a NWA is like pretty like they keep like the S the, their essence. You know, it's yeah. like like the old school mentality, you know, like like the legitimacy of the product. All of that. So yeah, it is it's a pretty cool it's a pretty cool company. Like is is that a dream of you to maybe work in there at some point? Yeah, I've had some some conversations with them and, you
1: know, doing hopefully some tryouts and hopefully, you know, be on WATV at some point if it's going again. Uh, It's kind of down for right now due to the COVID stuff and all that. But uh, I would love to do that. I would love to work with uh, AEW. Right now, I feel like AEW is owning the wrestling business. I think Vince McMahon and WWE is, is really, they weren't expecting
0: it to be such a hit and right now tnt wednesday nights that's where it's at no dynamite yeah and what do you think for example like audrey edwards you know being like a woman in the referee world do you think that that's like it's is important right it's just like right yeah it's changing the business for the for the good though because there's a, a new group of like female like referees that are like starting to be showcasing like important matches now
1: yes um, and there was you know you had WWE kind of break into that mentality, but she never, she never was advanced to the main roster. She was NXT, and that was it. But Audrey has stepped up to the role. You know, she's doing the podcast with Tony Schiavone every week, and you know, she's she stepped up to that role and carried that mentality of of a Earl Hetner or a Tommy Young or something like that. That you can put her on a microphone or you can put her in front of the camera to be able to. Be a part of a controversial call or something along those lines that most referees you can't do. They can't sell that the way in which Audrey could, I could, you know, Earl Hetner could, Tommy Young could, things like that.
0: No, oh, yeah, you're right. Like, a, like uh, you could, you could also say Neil Patrick. Like they all, like uh, like Charles Robinson. I will say a little bit, but like nowadays, yeah, like. Charles it, Rob- we don't even know the names in WWE of the referees. Back then, you know, we knew. For example, we knew Timothy White. Yeah. We knew Teddy Long. We knew Jimmy Corderas, yeah. We knew uh, Mike Yoda. We knew all of them. Because, like you said, like, especially Earl yeah. er- Hebner, he became like a-, a character. Because every time he'll yeah. get, like, the wrestlers will get in his face. He'll push them. So, like, do you think that, like, that yeah. is lacking on the new generation of referees? Or is something that, I- you know, they need to, like, really get on and track on that?
1: I think the problem with it is you know Vince doesn't want people to take away from what referees you know don't take away from my my superstars per se, which I hate I'm a wrestler, I am a you know I'm in the business as a wrestler, don't call me a superstar or sports entertainer' that's that's just not me i I'm very you know like I said over and over again, I'm very old school, so as a referee you know. He doesn't want people to be able to see that, you know, oh, well, this person's standing out. You're not going to have any more Earl Hetners in WWE, I'm afraid, because of that that fact. And so it kind of sucks. But I think that they're doing better with, you know, AEW's kind of getting into that role. You're seeing uh, some of it in NWA. You're seeing it in the indie scene. And like me, you know, for instance, people want a referee that you can throw on a microphone and be like, hey, I made that
0: call because here's why. And, and see, that's important. That's absolutely important because we need referees with a lot of character. And that's, I think, what we're really lacking yeah. of. But like, see, uh, walk me through, like, for example, uh, you started in the business. So like, what kind of advice did you get, for example, from Jim Cornette? And, you know, uh, w- we will just ask like uh, pretty broad like that. Like, how is he? Is he like a good guy, a bad guy? You know what? Is he what they really pictured to oh, him? Or what was the, the influence from like Jim Jim, Jim?
1: Jim is a great guy. He's very open to try to help young talent. Contrary to what some people may believe, he's very open to the future of wrestling. He wants to make sure that if and when there's a time that he is no longer involved, that there is a future of, of carrying on the legacy of the history because he's a very big historian like myself. I mean, he's got a collection of stuff that will blow any wrestling mind, you know, of a fan. And so, no, he just gives me, you know, hey, you're doing good. What if you correct this a little bit? Hey, you know, you might you did great, but you might need to be a little bit more over the top. And uh, But, yeah, other than that, you know, just tweaks, small tweaks, nothing, you know, too major or at least has it for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that that's great. And see, because you did all o- OVW, B- you were able to be part of that, and you said Smoky Mountain Wrestling. So what what wrestlers were you able to work with before they were famous during that time? Because you pretty much set up the stage for a lot of guys that like went like, pretty much then TV and then became popular.
1: Yeah, I've worked with uh, a lot of the upcoming I mean, talent. I've been a part of, some, you know, just a lot of the impact people. You know, I've been able to work with Johnny Swinger before he jumped back on the impact scene. I was able to work with some of the you know, uh, Kira Hogan. Kira Hogan is amazing. She's awesome. She's awesome. She is. She's fantastic. And I've worked hundreds of her matches and been a part of the future on her you know, her side of it. And so yeah, no, I, there's, there's a list too much to name, but she definitely stands out for me as the fact of what she's accomplished in such a short period of time.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and I even said in one of the reviews, because as you know, we, I, we do the reviews of a lot of shows and we did Impact. I, I said that Kira Hogan is, like a, is pretty much like a, even like a heelish version of Sasha Banks, but she's, she's extremely great in the ring also. Yeah. But I love the attitude. I love like, the character that she portrays. Yeah. It's just amazing. It's just amazing. She has great future. Yeah. You know, she reminds me a little bit of Amber Moon, but, you know, even better. Yeah. Even better. So that, that's great that, like, you were able to, you know, help these guys. It's probably you feel really good that, like, you see them on TV and, like, okay, see, I knew that this guy was going to be good. And, and I'm pretty sure for you, it, yeah. will be, it will happen for you soon, too. So, like, again, uh, uh, talking uh, about uh, goals, uh, what will be your goal? Like, your main, let's say, you know, they give you, like, a contract. Three same contracts. WWE, AEW, and NWA. Which one will you pick right away?
1: Uh, Right of the gate, it would be a toss-up between AEW and NWA. I just feel like they're the future, and the history behind the NWA alone carries weight with me. But AEW, they're, you know, like I said, they're number one right now, and they're doing new and improved stuff that... I feel as being the major part, the major future part of the history of wrestling going forward.
0: That, that, yeah, it is absolutely. So we can actually see you on AEW. We see you, then you know, we're going to pop. Gonna be, that's our guy right there. It's going to be great to see you there. I hope it happens for you soon. But like, so you say you're kind of a historian. And uh, we ask this to every single one of uh, the people that has been working in the business. What do you think is the effect of kayfabe nowadays in wrestling? Because, if, for example, you were your background is like, uh, you know, uh, old school. So do you think that yep. like now Superstar's being more open, uh, coming out with like outside of the gimmick, is it helping the business or in your own words, what's the current state of the business?
1: I think it hurts. I think it hurts the business a lot. And, you know, a lot of people disagree with that. But for me personally, I think it, you know, I'm very kayfabe. If I'm, you know, involved as a heel manager or something like that, I'm not coming out of that locker room until every single person has left the building or I'm not going to be, you know, out there beforehand, shaking hands and, and kissing babies, you know, oh, this is great or whatever. If you're a heel, you're a heel. And MJF, I think, is carrying that forward, you know, like, you know, (laughs) they had to issue a statement because of the fact, you know, you do an autograph signing, you're getting the character. You're not getting the person. And so for him to be, you know, taking a picture with a seven-year-old and the father, and he's flipping them off, you know, I think that's great. Cafe is you're getting the character. When I go and meet The Undertaker, which I've had a privilege of being, I don't want to meet Mark Callis. I want to meet the Undertaker. You know, I don't want to meet Hulk Hogan as, you know,
0: Terrible, that's terrible
1: I want to meet Hulk Hogan, you know, and Ric Flair lives his character. So that's just, that's Ric Flair all the way around. But yeah, I want to meet those guys. I want to be that. If I meet Triple H, I want to meet Triple H. I don't want to, you know, meet, you know, the other side of him, the personal side of him as a as a fan i mean going forward you know now when you're in the business it's different you know when you're in the locker room hanging out with the boys it's a, it's you know it's a lot it's a lot different but for me going forward as a as a fan of it I think fans are really losing that opportunity to understand what kfa truly means
0: yeah i will say the new generation of fans like don't understand that you know when like for example you and me were like younger for example to me the undertaker was just the undertaker i didn't even know that he had a real name yeah for me the, the name of the guy was the undertaker you know i thought that you know he lived in dead valley and that's where he was because I, that's for me that's the, the thing that made me fall in love with wrestling so talking about yeah, that mark, mark then mark calloway yeah.
1: Yeah, like Mark Calloway. Like I was saying, you don't want to meet Mark Calloway when you go and do an autograph. You want to meet the Undertaker. You want to meet the dead man. Yes. Uh, and, and when I got to meet him, when I got to meet him, he was doing the uh, it was the buildup for WrestleMania 20, and he came to have a car show that comes in towns called the World of Wheels, and they usually bring in somebody. You know, they brought in Sable, they brought in Nick Foley, things like that. But uh, he came one year, and the line was through the through the door. I mean, just everybody wanted to meet him. And I was at the head of the line. And so I could hear seeing him around time for a Royal Rumble, for building up for his return in WrestleMania 20. And I'm seeing him, and, you know, he's still been in the biker thing, but it was cool because he gave me, you know, he told me, he's like, hey, you know, because I was like, oh, you know, hope deep Rumble, whatever, So that was, you know, 16, 17, something like that. And he's, he got oh, but you're going to see the dead man soon. And so that was kind of a little open door, just kind of a glimpse in that was really cool for me as, you know, you're not giving things
0: away, but you're, you're,
1: you're making it personal with the fans.
0: And that's a great, that's a great mentality. Oh, yeah, no, like, imagine, like, well, see, for example, now that we're talking about The Undertaker, I'm going to ask you as a radio host, how do you, what are your thoughts about The Undertaker finally retiring? I don't are believe Are you sad? It. Are you, you know, like, a, a part of your childhood is gone? Or, you know, how how do you feel about that?
1: I don't think it's going to happen. I don't believe it one bit, because I think Vince is going to get to the point that he's like, okay, AEW is really owning me. I need something major. I think we're going to get, you know, we're going to start seeing, you know, the Shawn Michaels in the ring one more time, or the Undertaker in the ring. I think Vince is going to start pulling out all the stops. We're going to see a Hulk Hogan match again. Even in his, you know, 60s or 70s, I think he's, we're going to see a Hulk Hogan match again because Vince needs to bring that back to get viewership right now, or my opinion anyway, because
0: he's not carrying the load right now that he needs to be
1: carrying to compete.
0: Yes, it is true. It is. It is true. Like I, I, we were saying in the show that, like, I think we're gonna see the Undertaker one more time at least. Because, for example, I, I want to ask your opinion on this. He needs to retire with crowd. He needs the crowd to give him a lot, you know, the farewell, like one last time. He needs to leave, yeah. you know, like with like everybody clapping and everybody on their feet.
1: And I'm not saying that he needs to, go in to do a five-star match. Go in an old-school. Hit a tombstone, maybe a choke slam, and the place is gonna go crazy and he's back in the locker room five minutes later. I understand after watching the documentary you know, he put out, I understand the mentality because every person has it no matter what the age is. You can ask, you know, Rick Flair, you can ask anybody. You want to give the absolute very best that you can. But you don't have to. When you have reached the mentality of dusty roads, or a Ric Flair, or a Hulk Hogan, or an Undertaker. You don't have to. You hit the, you know, if you're Hogan, you hit a big boot, a leg drop, you throw it in out there for the fans to go crazy,
0: and that's all they want. That's all they really care about seeing. It is true. It is true. You don't need to have the greatest match in the, in the car anymore. You just need to, like I said, you, you, we share the same views on that because all I said is, like, they need chokeslam, tombstone, everybody will be fine, and then we can yeah. all go home happy. Let's talk about this now. How did you become a radio host? You know, what is the, how did like the radio, uh, the retro wrestling podcast started for you? What made you start your own podcast? So
1: my brother comes up to me and he's like, hey, you know what? uh, And he's a big, you know, he works for a radio station here in town. He's big into, you know, he went to college for radio, the whole nine yards. And so he comes to me. He's like, "Man, you know, I really think we should do this. uh, You know, kind of hop on board with this." And I was like, "Okay, you know, that's fine." And he pitched the idea even to the radio station. So we're allowed to use, you know, a studio there at the radio station, which is really cool. And we've now been going, I think, like six or seven years. So it's it's become totally. that it was his brainchild, you know. I'm I'm the I'm the celebrity type. I go in there, I give my opinion. We go over an old school, you know, pay per view. Uh, I I talk to the business current, you know, what's going on within that week. And he's the one that you know. He's the behind the scenes guy. He's part of it, but he's also he's the one doing the editing and you know the final cuts. He's the one putting out the 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 final product he's you know he's all the way around he's the backbone of it. not necessarily me because I, it gets way above me we were trying to set up for this and it took me almost 45 minutes to try to figure it out i'm just not a technical person i don't i don't know you know the the technical you know the way social media and stuff has moved forward i've had to have him show me and which is surprising for a 30 year old but that's just i was not you know it was never something i was interested in i was more hands-on and wanted to it was sports and and so yeah i never was a computer literate type of person
0: okay well uh, yeah but like see like for example like when is that when is that on uh, and you guys have interviews also you talk about the current product so when is that on every single every single week so we're really, we're recording on a Saturday or a Sunday.
1: It gets edited and it's put out by around Tuesday or Wednesday and you can click on it. You know, we, we go from SoundCloud, we go through so many others. We have built our own website to where people can actually look us up. And it's, uh, it's a, you know, it's usually about a two day turnaround and you know, we're, we're unfiltered, you know, we're a, We're, I guess you can call us the Howard Stern of of it because I'm not afraid to throw an F-bomb out there. I'm not afraid to call people out on their shit. You know, Uh, Brock Lesnar, when the whole controversy of him, you know, he got popped for, for steroids like that in, you know, UFC, but yet WWE's letting him work. You know, I don't. Don't give me that shit. You say you have a drug policy. Well, you're not standing behind it. And I, I called him out on it. And I'm not afraid to call a spade a spade or call anybody you know, on their bullshit. I've probably burned some bridges by doing that. But at the same time, I'd rather have my own respect of giving my personal view on it than walking the, you know, the line of, oh, well, he's going to say the same shit everybody else says.
0: Well, and hey, I mean, I mean that's, that's important, too. We need honesty in this world. So, you know, like I, that's why I see Road Break is always open. You know, we're on filter. Yeah. This, is, this is what we do. Everybody's allowed to say whatever they want. You know, and for example, in the light of that, Patrick, I'm going to ask you your thoughts. Now that, like, you opened Pandora's box, let's do it. The Speak Up movement. What are your thoughts on this? You know, how is, like, people like, are, are you supporting the, you know, the movement? What's going on here?
1: I absolutely support it. I think that it, um, It's something that needs to have happened a long time ago. I think, you know, when you're in that locker room, I don't care what your gender is, male, female, whatever. You know, if you're working that show, everybody demands and deserves the absolute most respect. I'm not walking up to, you know, one of the guys and, and pulling that kind of crap. So just because
0: they're female, you shouldn't be pulling it either. It's true, absolutely. I, I'm not going to ask you any names. I'm not going to ask you for any of that. But like, have you witnessed anything of those things, or
1: no? Um, oh, witness stuff like that, you witness you know, somebody smacking somebody's ass or something like that, or or you know, and and it, it's some people will call them out on it, and then some guys it's like, oh, well, it's it's whatever. But at the end of the day, it's you know, it does. There's no place. There's
0: no need for it. It is true. It's true. Do you think that, like, like again, as a radio host and as a referee, because you know, I guess you were completely involved in the business. They, is this gonna affect the business more, or is actually gonna benefit the business?
1: I think it's going to affect. I think it's going to show. It's another step forward in what women's wrestling has become. I mean, think back. You just had a couple of years ago women main event WrestleMania, yes, which is a huge thing that I think is, it was a great part. It was groundbreaking, you know? And so I think, yeah, it's going to benefit. I think it's going to help quite a bit.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, it's important like that finally women are receiving the respect that they need because we you know we're, yeah. like you said, we're going through like rows and panties matches. And that's pretty much how like the perception of women was. And now yeah. every single, company even in the independency and we had the pleasure to work, to interview a lot of great figures like lexi gomez ronnie flores like they are yeah. they are the ones that like are being the next generation where like they focus on wrestling and not on how they look or what do they do and stuff like that is now how they perceive as See, you, can, you can be an attractive
1: female wrestler you can be penelope ford or you can be you know Sasha Banks or you can be someone along those lines that's a very attractive woman but can still go in there and kick ass. And so there's there's no there's no part, you know, you know, you don't have to be a Nicole Bass, you know, God rest her soul. I'm not meaning that in a new light, but you don't have to be that, you know, muscle build, nobody finds attractive type mentality because you can be a very attractive woman, but also be able to, you know, kick ass and take names and carry carry the brunt of, of the show just as much as, you know, everybody. I think, oh, yeah. W- yeah. you know, women are should be, women should be in close to the main event, if not the main event, on a lot of shows right now because they're carrying the, the matches. They're putting on, you know, it's kind of like the, I, I feel like WCW, I love the Luchadors. I love seeing those guys from Mexico, you know, psychosis you know, La Parca, Rey Mysterio, you would tune in, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Jericho, you would tune in to WCW back in the day. And, yeah, you're seeing Hogan and Dems eventually, you know, whatever. But they're carrying the matches. They're putting on five-star classics every single Monday night. And I feel like that's what the women are doing now. They're putting on five-star classic matches. And, yeah, you got Randy Randy Orton hitting an RKO or something like that later on in the show. But you know, women are far succeeding right now. Match
0: quality that men ever could
1: dream to have.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I feel that like there's a lot of uh, you know, like Io Shirai is absolutely amazing, uh, and you know, an impact we have uh, Jordan Grace, we have uh, even uh, Virtuosa, uh, Diana Perasso. Like there's so many people like Bailey, Sasha, that they Charlotte, that they they just like give us a reason to keep watching. It's not Like like you said, many times for yeah. me it's not even for the looks. It's just because they put great wrestling. And you know the emotion is right there yeah. for the girls. So like, yeah, that was an evolution for me because remember like how the bathroom break was it was always the women's match. But now it's yeah. actually, no, let's yeah. stay and watch. So that's really good and it's, it's cool yeah. to from like a perspective from like the referee or somebody that is, is in and the I, business.
1: I've been in the ring with Tessa Blanchard numerous times and she is legitimately the future of wrestling. She genuinely is a true badass, and she is kayfabe. And so I feel like, yeah, she's definitely going to carry the load into the next, you know, decade of women's wrestling.
0: Okay, and see, like in the spirit of Tessa Blancher, where the where do you think she's going to go, Patrick? AEW or WWE? AEW. AEW, think of her dolly being there, she's going to go there? Yes, absolutely. Now, because, like, see, why well, I just put a picture in one of our sites that lists a Tessa against Charlotte and their dads on their corner. So that would be really cool, though, to see as a WrestleMania yeah, match, would. wouldn't you think?
1: Yeah, uh, you know, four-horsemen style mentality. I mean, everybody's on an even playing field.
0: Yeah, oh, I, I agree with that. So, yeah. It's it's pretty it's pretty intense so we'll see what happens though but like it's cool to actually you got to rest to referee for tessa because like i think that she's a great wrestler and you know outside yeah. of that you know i'm not, i don't know anything about her you know what i mean and let's talk about you a little bit like how are you like outside of wrestling what else do you like do you have any hobbies do you, you say you like sports like what do you follow i love the you know
1: fishing i love going and relaxing sitting out there on the lake fishing i love to um I'll, I'll break out the video games every now and then type mentality. But for me, my mind is always going about wrestling. What can we do here? What can we go there? What can, you know, I love being a part of, you know, our show, you know, NGWA, North Georgia Wrestling Alliance. And we're always carrying the love, what can I do with this person? What can I do with that person? This guy's wanting to get trained. Do I feel like he has, you know, the desire and the drive to really want to be in the business? And so my mind is always working with wrestling. And you know, even when I'm sitting there fishing or whatever, you know, my mind back is, and that's i live be for professional wrestling. I I love the sport. I love everything about it. I love the history about it. And that's, you know, I I do consider myself a wrestling story. I love going back to the golden age of wrestling and
0: seeing what it was and what it became. Good. Good, good, Patrick. I, I really, I really think that, like, I have, you, you're you the whole nine yards when it comes to wrestling. So you do honor the, one of the guys that, like, probably was mentoring you that that's Jim Cornette. Because, like, I can see, a, like, a younger version of Jim Cornette in you you know historian cares about the business that much like cares about the future of the business and leaving a legacy for the future generation so that we so they can actually enjoy wrestling as much as we did so that's yeah i mean that's pretty plausible and like for people like you is there's there people like me that fell in love of the business you know fell in love with yeah, this I, and then they wanted like this to continue for generations to come so like I before we let that. you go Plug in or your social media, uh, anybody that you want to say hi to, any shout outs, anything, the floor is yours. And, you know, go ahead. Any shows no. that you have upcoming that you're going to be, please tell everybody in the audience, you know, where they can buy tickets and how are they going to be, you know, selling all of that for like the new shows. All of it, the floor is yours.
1: The uh, North Georgia Wrestling Alliance, I am very proud to be a part of. Uh, I. It is our future, I think, in the state of Georgia, with wrestling. I enjoy, um, you know, you can find me on Twitter at, uh, at Ref Patrick Young. You can find me on Facebook at Patrick Young or Patrick Young Wrestling. It'll pop right up with me and Steve Richards and Tommy Dreamer. Uh, you can definitely... Find me on Retro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, We definitely, I mean, like I said, we're doing a show every week. So you can definitely follow us on Retro Wrestling Podcast on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. You can find our website. Uh, We're always available to ask any, you know, if you want to ask a question, I will answer it or I will find out what the answer is. I'm very open with my fans and I'm very available to do one-on-one conversations whatever they want you know i'm i'm willing to go over and above what the fans need i love to give out the history and give out somewhat of the that
0: that's amazing that's great and to see like anytime like i said like we will have all the all the information for for patrick in the description so you guys please after we see after you guys are done watching the interview, please, you know, click, 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 give it some clicks and I subscribe to all the social media because right here is the future, also professional wrestling. I cannot wait to see you on AEW. I cannot wait to see you on NWA. I don't know your thoughts on WWE, so we're going to wait on that. But, like, anything else you want to say before we let you go? No, I just want to thank
1: all the fans. Um, go out and check out the history of professional wrestling. I think that that's a... A big part of going forward because you can't know where you're going if you don't know where you you know you've come from. Exactly. And I want to thank you for letting me be on here. I hope we definitely get together again. I would love to be a part of this and I think that what you're doing is groundbreaking on YouTube. I enjoy that very much. Uh, video interviews are are a major part because now that you're in the shoot in interview era, you know, I think being uncut unfiltered i enjoyed that you know as well you've got high spots and you're you're starting to compete with that very well and so i you know congratulations on you i definitely
0: would love to be part of this again and maybe us be able to do some more business in the future Well, thank you so much. Like I said, like once you're here in the Roadbreak family, you'll become a family for life. So anytime you want to be part of it for a pay-per-view, for anything, you know, you're more than welcome to be here. It's been such a pleasure to have you. We wish you the best. And like I said, I'm going to pop for you the day that I can finally see you on AEW or NWA because we do cover every single thing of professional wrestling. We love it. We want to keep the business because for us is what we breathe and what we eat every single day. So Patrick, thank you so very much again. And like I said, you, best of luck on, on your show tonight. Also enjoy it. And again, take the uh, precautions so everybody's safe because, you know, unfortunately we have to deal with a new a way of living right now. But like for your family, don't forget to like follow Patrick and all the social media It's going to be annotated in the description. And for us, remember, we have the original road break on Facebook. We have also the original road break on Instagram, the OG rubric on Twitter. And of course, for the meat and potatoes and wonderful interviews like this, you gentlemen right here, it's right here on the original rubric on YouTube, so in the name of Patrick and myself, I want to wish you the best for this upcoming week, and also we want to say, Ada!